We're going to be talking about being anchored in Christ over being angry. You know, we're in this series of the seven deadly sins, and you would know it. Trent would leave town and give me the subject of anger on Father's Day. And I'm mad about that. No, no, no. But uh, uh, I want to show you a slide of some uh, men who have helped me, uh, uh, fathered me in some ways. Uh, uh, I, I steal their name tag when they're, when they, when they're gone. Uh, not just when they die, obviously, Alan, and he's still around. But uh, obviously the school of biblical studies that we had here for so many years influenced me. Carl, Bill, Ray, Melton, and Alan, all are guys that have helped teach me some things about handling anger and about anchoring my soul in Christ, as well as a lot of other men. So we want to, before we get into this, we want to have all the men stand up, uh, the, all the dads stand up. Dads, stand up there for a minute. We honor you. Just stay standing. And uh, Jeff DeLoach, come on up here. Uh, I want Jeff to say a prayer over our fathers. Uh, his father, while I didn't get a chance to steal his name tag, his, his dad has a huge impact on my life. And, uh, and I'm very proud of his faithfulness and, and his family and what they've meant to our church over the years. But I wanted you just to pray over the fathers here today. Would you mind doing that, Jeff? Okay. Mike has made a big mistake. He has given me a microphone. Uh, no, I'm On serious. second thought. No, let's, let's pray. Bow with me, please. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this day and thank you for this time that we have to come together and to acknowledge what our fathers have meant to our lives. There are so many fathers that I have uh, that have meant such a great deal to me. Uh, my, my own dad, uh, for Bill Smith and for Carl Allison and for Alton Howard and Johnny Howard and, and for Mike Kellett and so many others that have been an influence. Lord, we just thank you so much for these men and, and all the fathers in our lives and what they've done. But mostly, Lord, we thank you for you, our Heavenly Father, and the blessings that you continually rain down on us. We just are so grateful and so provided for and so loved and so sheltered. Uh, by you, Lord, that we are so grateful. Lord, just ask that you be with us, that we would acknowledge and recognize the, the gifts that you've given us, the, the gift of your love, the gift of your fathership, and that we would strive to be closer to one another and, and closer to you, Lord. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, brother. Well, let's talk a little bit about this thing called anger. It's important that we be anchored in Christ if we're going to handle this thing called anger that keeps coming up. And uh, I did a little, just a little bit of research thinking about this. You know, not, not all anger, obviously, is bad. You can be angry and sin not, as the Bible encourages us. And so there are injustices that take place that shouldn't make us angry. There are, when the innocent suffer, it should make us angry. When something's done to my family out of love for them, anger can come out when I see an injustice. And yet, when there's anger, sin's never very far away. Uh, we don't really handle anger very good. But here are some things I learned. 
The average woman... I just found this somewhere. I didn't make it up. The average woman loses her temper three times a week. Now, I don't know how that works out in your family, but that's the average. The average man loses his temper six times a week. He does it three of those times when she does, I'm sure, and then he adds a few more. So... Women get angry at people, while typically men get angry at things. You know, they throw the hammer, they, you know, they, that kind of thing happens, right? Single adults express anger twice as much as married adults. That was something that surprised me. I didn't, I didn't realize that. If you're mad and single, you need to get married. You'll have, I mean... <laughs> Find a good woman, quick. Uh, home is the place you are most likely to express anger. We all know that's true, right? We end up saying some of the hardest things to the people that we love the very, the very most. And yet all of a sudden that's where it found. And all this a lot of times is born out of hurt. And I don't know if you remember Trent uh, talking several times in th- through this series about how that these things are symptoms or cover-ups for hurts that are deeper or for pain that exists in our life. And as a result, all these things kind of come about. Hurt people hurt people. Got it? When you're hurt, you end up hurting others, and a lot of times that ends up being expressed in anger. Remember, I always lose when I lose my temper. And we can't blame it on everyone else. She made me mad. He made me mad. The, the, when you do the blame game, just remember, blame is spelled be lame. Got it? Blame. No. No, it's, 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 it's my responsibility to take care of those things when they come up. Nobody made me mad. I allowed myself to get to that point. Let me just read several scriptures and then, uh, then we'll talk about a few things. Uh, these aren't on the screen or anything. I'm uh, a little old-fashioned, so get your pen and paper out and your Bible, and uh, we'll go for it. Proverbs 16:32. It's better to be patient than to be a strong soldier. It's better to control your anger than to capture a city. Proverbs 29:22. An angry person stirs up a fight, and a hot head does much wrong. Proverbs fifteen eighteen, A hothead stirs up a fight, but one who holds his temper calms disputes. Proverbs fourteen twenty nine. Whoever is patient has great understanding, but one who is quick-tempered displays folly. Proverbs fourteen seventeen. A quick-tempered person does foolish things, and the one who devises evil schemes is hated. Proverbs 29, 11, stupid people express their anger openly, but sensible people are patient and hold it back. Ephesians 4, 26, in your anger, do not sin, do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. James 1, 19, 20, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry because... 
Human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. You remember this phrase from this TV show? Don't make me angry. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. How many remember that? What two people remember that? What show was that? The Hulk, the Incredible Hulk. And Bill Bixby played this guy, David uh, Banner. And he's kind of a mild guy, if you, if, for those that uh, uh, remember the show. He's a mild guy. But all of a sudden, when he got mad, he just, he, you know, he started busting out of his shirt sleeve and, and, and getting real strong and big, and his eyes turned green. And you know, you've seen that in your husband, right? Or at least the eyes turning different. I don't know about the other. But you've seen, and all of a sudden, boy, that anger brings out somebody. And, and, and all of a sudden, there's a big surprise that this is all inside. Well, we've all got these two guys inside of us. Right? And now, I know you didn't discover it. Some of you, 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 you recently just got married, and you married, you thought you married Dave, uh, David Banner, and you woke up next to the Hulk, right? Right? Because all of a sudden, you hit the right button, and man, something exploded, and the anger was there. And you're like, wow, where did this come from? And so... Uh, this thing of anger is something that we all deal with from time to time in our lives. And while some people seem to have a more difficult problem with it, you know, they're like, well, I just come by naturally. My dad was hot-tempered and blah, blah. And so, but, you know, a lot of it's learned behavior. A lot of it isn't just personality makeup. But it doesn't matter because God has the same responsibility on all of us about how to handle it. So I don't get a pass because that I grew up in a family that expressed anger all the time and I have it more often in my life. I don't get a pass for that. I don't get a pass for that. And that cannot be an excuse. Well, I'm sorry, it was just how he was raised. I, I understand how we're raised affects us. But as Christians, we're made brand new. I don't get a pass for acting ugly because of how I grew up. And I think a lot of times we want to do that with each other because for whatever reason we don't want to confront it. We don't want to take care, take responsibility with it. But uh, we must say, how does God want me to live life? Because anger does not result in the righteousness of God. And after all, that's what I want my life to result in. So I've got to look at this and make sure that I'm on the right track. Well... Being anchored in Christ is going to be the answer to your anger. When I am so nailed down into the love of God and the grace of God that as I see anger displayed around me, that I can instantly think about somehow there's a hurt here and they need healing. They don't need a response of anger back to them. They need to find forgiveness. They need to find Jesus. They need to find something in their life. And when I have anger, I need to understand something about myself. I need to confess this problem. And, and then I need to take the steps that the Bible says to take in order to make improvement in my character. Because to have a bad character in the area of anger is to also have bad chemistry with those around me. Because, boy, you'll leave relationships hurt all along the way. You ever work for somebody that stayed angry all the time? 
I mean, you're just tiptoeing around. You're afraid to say one thing because they're going to get mad. And, and, and sometimes they even use their anger as an intimidation thing for, to keep you at a distance because they really don't want to be themselves and actually deal with who they are. Anger? Oh, it's always right there on the edge of all of us. If the right thing happens that pushes our button, anger can burst out. I think I've told you before, I was driving in Dallas, and, and man, somebody cut me off, and I got mad, and, 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 and I was trying to honk at him, and I, couldn't, I didn't get my hand on my horn, and I ended up turning my windshield wipers on. And I said, there, take that, you know. So now, when I, now if I accidentally turn them on, my kids are like, Dad, you mad at somebody, or you know, what, what? I mean, we, 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 it doesn't take much. I mean, you're going along in your day, things seem fine, and all of a sudden somebody cuts in on you from some avenue of relationship or some avenue of, of, of surprise that you did not expect, and boy, the anger can just swell up and be right there, right up here, so quick, so quick. Yet God still expects us to handle it. And when we're anchored in Christ, we can See, one of the things about the people, I think, that happens to them, if they've had it in their life a long period of time, they think, they do not believe they can get a hold of this thing when really they can. But if you, if you tell yourself, I can't change, you never will. You've got to see God can make those kind of changes in your life. So here are a few things just to help us on this thing of, of anger. And you're not going to be angry at me. You're going to be so happy at me. I'm going to let you out early. I know we got kolaches waiting for the, for the dads out there and, and good stuff. Don't go out there right now. Hang on. But you'll get there. Here's a couple of things. Number one, get help. As simple as that sounds, a lot of times we don't ask God for help. And we can't get help if our pride is in the way. So a part of getting help is to be humble about our situation you must believe you can have victory over this problem in your life get in a group of other people who've had victory or are learning to have victory we've got groups like that around here we've got men who lead those groups who've had success in changing their character and how anger has existed in their life get help dive into the word of god dive into prayer dive into the verses and anchor yourself in god's grace and be ready to share that grace with other people. Get help. Proverbs eighteen nineteen says, A brother offended is more unyielding than a strong city, and a quarreling is like the bars of a castle. In other words, when someone gets offended and mad, it's hard. They get, it's real easy for them just to close up and get hard-headed and be unyielding. Make sure that doesn't happen to you. Don't let your anger close you up to where you're not open to get help. Second thing, get away from it. Proverbs, or Psalm 4, 4, be angry and do not sin. Ponder in your hearts on your beds and be silent. Basically, get away. Go off by yourself. Remove yourself from that situation quickly. Sometimes it's a great idea just to walk out of the room and get by yourself till you can figure out how to handle this. Because you know that if you stay in that thing and you feel the anger coming, you're fixing to, you're fixing to say things you, you can never take back. 
You can never take those words back, and they'll always hang in people's mind. It's one of the things I always do in premarital counseling and going, going over with, with people. I always tell both of them, do not go home when you have a problem with your mate. Don't go home and tell your mom about it. You know why? You'll forgive your mate. Your mom will have a hard time. You put a burden on her. Well, he treated me this way, and, I, and, I, and you go and tell. And all of a sudden, you forgive him. We're all okay. But boy, when he comes to see his, her mom, you know, he's running into a cold you know, experience. Don't set up situations where people get mad or stay mad. And anger that lingers becomes bitter. And that bitterness becomes a grudge in our hearts, and that's, that keeps a dark place inside of us that one day will be exposed in a negative way. So get away out of the situation. Get away from it. Go, He says here, go get your heart on, on your bed. Lay down. Be silent. Listen to God. Pull yourself out of that situation. Get help. Get away from it. This might sound cold, but this is the next one. Get over it. You ever had somebody tell you that? And you're like, well, Mike, it's not that easy. I know, but get over it. Delete the emails. Get rid of the text. Take that comment off Facebook. Can I get an amen on the social media thing? I tell you, it just makes me so mad when I... No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) But I tell you what. Anger shared all of a sudden becomes a temptation for other people to be angry. Right? Don't expose your anger in public life. Look, there's a time... you, You keep it alive because you have conversations about it over and over again in your mind and with your friends and on social media. And boy, you, you know, I, I see sometimes people will post something. Part, uh, excuse the rant, you know, which means I'm fixing to say something I probably shouldn't say, but I'm going to do it anyway type thing. Don't do that. Stay away from that. Get over it. Quit talking about it with everybody. If you don't get over it, it'll go, if you don't get over it, it'll get a hold of you. And it will not let go easily. You need to get better, not bitter. Proverbs 19.11 says, A person's wisdom yields patience. It is to one's glory. Get this? Listen. It is to one's glory to overlook an offense. I didn't ask for musical accompaniment, but that's okay if you want to play that. Somebody said, now they're saying, I hope he didn't say who did it. Uh, I'm not going to get mad about that phone going off. I, I'm getting over it right now. Get, look, it's to one's glory to overlook an offense. Now, this is really a hard thing. It may sound very simple in the Bible. But I'm telling you, when someone's offended you or when, you, uh, when someone uh, has caused something harmful to take place, for you and I to be able to forgive them, what's going to take place? What has to happen? Well, the very first thing that has to happen for me to get over is to realize how much God has shown grace in my life. How many times did I go to God with my same old sinfulness? 
And you've said that right before. If you do that one more time, how many one more times has God forgiven in your life? How many one more times has God said, I'm breaking you brand new, new mercies every day? How many times has that happened? We need to learn to express the grace of God to other people as quickly as we can. And that's so important to our own healing and our own ability to move on and be effective for God. It's not necessarily about what it does for that person. It's about what it does for us. Forgiveness and grace is a great release of stress and tension and frees us up to be back again expressing the good news of Jesus in a loving way. Get over it. The next thing is to get on top of it. By that I mean you and I need to learn to act like the master, not the slave. I am not a slave to my emotions. I am not a slave to my anger. I can master it. Proverbs 16.32 says, Better a patient man than a warrior, a man who controls his temper than one who takes a city. You can control it. You can be the master. A man of knowledge uses words with restraint, and a man of understanding is even-tempered. Forgiveness, grace. Get help. Get away from it. Get over it. Get on top of it. God will bless you in your battle against yourself and the struggle that we have with this thing called anger. Annabelle Reed was 19 years old and sophomore at Abilene Christian University. And she was headed down to Medina Children's Home with a group of college students on a little domestic mission trip when a truck came in to their lane and there was this loss of control on Highway US 83 and the top of the bus was sheared off and passengers were thrown everywhere. Everyone was hurt and people were taken to the nearby hospitals. But Annabelle wasn't taken. She died there on that lonely Texas road. The news of her death spread through, obviously, as it does, especially across a college campus that's devastating. And her family hears the news, her boyfriend, and they have a gathering of memorial for her there. And the president of the university at the time shares, speaks some words with the family. And her mom decides to share something. Her name was Shelley Reed. And she said, I want to meet with the driver. He must be feeling unbearable heartache. And I wanted to know this wasn't his fault. And I thought, here is this woman, Miss Reed. 
unwrapping, if you will, a gift of grace in a time when a lot of people would have just got angry. And I thought, how, how much that showed that her character and her heart was anchored in Jesus more than it was anchored in herself, right? And so the challenge to us today is, one, if there's any anger exists between any of you as brothers and sisters, you need to go to each other and take care of that. That happens on a one-on-one thing. That's what the Bible says, right? You go to that person. And you take care. And you offer forgiveness. You offer grace. Don't be defensive. Don't explain everything. Just enjoy receiving and pouring out grace at the same time. But you can't do that if you're not anchored in Christ. If you're not anchored in His grace. Remember, the Bible says that Jesus came here full of grace and truth. Now, in our heritage, we kind of hollered truth and whispered grace. But grace and truth together will be the answer to all of our heart's problems. And it's the answer to the problem of anger. It's being honest to God and honest with each other and deciding we're more committed to how Jesus wants us to act than we are to our emotions that arise up in us from time to time. You do not have to be conquered by anger. You can be someone who unwraps the gift of grace to somebody else. And you know, I can't think of a better Father's Day gift than the gift of grace. Father, we love you. We thank you for the gift of your Son and the grace that we have. Father, we know we don't always handle this thing of anger correctly, but we we want to grow and we want to learn. So forgive us and help us. And I pray, Father, that we would become known as a church of grace, a family that, even as we struggle, we quickly settle our emotions and our problems with your Son and with your Word. And that we would grow and mature to be people who could show grace in the most difficult times. I'm thankful, Father, for men that you've put in my life who have fathered me in the faith. And, and oh, what a blessing they've been. I'm so appreciative, Father, that you placed them there. So as you place other people in our lives, help us to be open to learn and to grow from one another. Help us to be humble, to keep our pride out of the way. And bless us, Father, to open up our hearts to be instructed by your Spirit and your Word and the encouragement from the brothers. I thank you for the fathers that are here today on this day, Father's Day. Help us to be the leaders we need to be in being men full of grace and handling the thing of anger in the right way 
how you would want us to do in our families. Thankful, Father, that you show us grace as we struggle and as we grow. We love you. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ with the help of the Spirit. And the church said, Amen. If you have a need to respond with for any reason, if you need to be baptized today, if you need to help in an area, you just need the prayers of the brothers and sisters, that's, that's why we're here. You can come while together we stand and we sing.